Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's Focus for Saturday, January the 6th, 2024, at 12.30 p.m. Central Time. Now, today's Focus, Cognitive Dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is today's focus. Now, that's more of the technical term, cognitive dissonance. What I really want to talk about, what I really want you to focus on today is having contradictory beliefs, having two things in your mind that are contradictory and you're not even realizing it, that you're literally saying one thing Well, there's something completely contradicting that, that you are either doing or that you believe. Your beliefs are not consistent. Your belief in actions are not consistent. Now, a lot of times we refer to that as maybe sometimes I think we would see some correlation to hypocrisy. Oh, you're claiming to believe this. You're claiming to do this, but look at your action. Well, I think typically when we think of hypocrisy, we think of someone trying to pretend or to, to kind of cover up. They're, they're pretending to be godly, but in reality, they're not. I think that's kind of more, they're pretending to be something they're not. And that, I think that's more of a kind of a hypocritical or hypocrisy way of considering it. When I think of cognitive dissonance or inconsistent beliefs, it's like you don't even realize it. I think when you're a hypocrite, you kind of deep down know. In fact, I think some reasons you put forth that image of godliness and righteousness is to cover what you really know is there. With cogn- cognitive dissonance, I think you don't even realize that your beliefs are inconsistent. I don't think you even realize what is happening. So that is what we're going to talk about. If, if we and, and, and we'll get to some definitions. We'll talk about cognitive dissonance. I'll just give you a brief one really quick. It's a mental conflict that occurs when your beliefs don't line up with your actions. It's an uncomfortable state of mind when someone has contra- contradictory values, attitudes, or perspectives about the same thing. So that's cognitive dissonance, and we'll talk more about that. We're going to, I want you to focus in today on inconsistent beliefs. That is your today's focus, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you an example, and we're going to talk about a lot of those types of things related to it. Hopefully, it will be beneficial. What we're going to do is we're going to take an example of what I think is clear cognitive dissonance, clearly contradictory beliefs, and then we're going to take a step back and say, okay, here's an example of it. Now let's all go look in the mirror and see if we can find that cognitive dissonance in ourselves. We can find those contradictory beliefs in ourselves because I think it's very difficult sometimes for us to see it in us. We can see it in someone else, but when someone points at us and say, I think you have some cognitive dissonance. I think you have some inconsistent beliefs. I don't think there's consistency. We immediately push back and we get defensive. So I'm going to try to challenge us today to understand cognitive dissonance and then think about how you may have some in your own mind and in your own life. Okay? Now, there's always going to be inconsistency in Christianity. There's always going to be a little bit, right? Because we believe this is God's law. It it demands perfection and holiness. We're always going to fall short of that. Now, I think the way to avoid at least hypocrisy is to acknowledge our sin and our failure and admit that. You're like, hey, I know my actions are contradicting what I believe, but I'm acknowledging it. Cognitive dissonance is more that you don't even realize it. You can't even recognize it. You don't even see the contradiction. 
So that's what we're going to try to look at, and hopefully it will be beneficial. But before we do that, <laughs> we have to look at a situation that's a little bit frustrating. And I sometimes, sometimes I think about doing these kinds of podcasts as kind of a standalone where I have to address some things kind of related to the podcast, address to listeners. Maybe it's a, to address how people place comments on YouTube or how people place comments on the Sermons 2.0 app slash Sermon Audio. And, and those are kind of like housekeeping messages. But I don't like, like dedicating an entire podcast episode to that. So I'm going to try to address this situation quickly here. And maybe it kind of fits with a little bit of cognitive dissonance, a little bit of just, I don't understand the inconsistency. I don't understand how people don't get it. And maybe it will all make sense. Now, the first thing I need to do is I need to go down here and I need to find, I need to find here my normal intro. I need to find my normal intro. Just give me one second. I didn't even think about this, but I'm going to need this to prove a point. So just give me one second. I got to go through all of these audio files because there are many of them. There it is. There's my normal intro. Okay. Then I'll have to pull back the other intro in a little bit, but that's okay. All right. Now, I get no. So whenever, whenever someone leaves a comment on the Sermons 2.0 app slash Sermon Audio, Church One, wherever it's going to show up, I get an email. And the email says, hey, someone sent you a comment, and then Sermon Audio determines if they're going to post it or if they're going to delete it. If they feel it's too negative, too derogatory, they don't really want the site filled with all of these derogatory comments, which I greatly appreciate, right? I really do, because then you spend your life trying to respond to them. But they will at least send it to you, letting you know, hey, this person hates your guts, right? This person despises you. But they, they are the ones who decide if it's going to be posted or not. Not me. I have no control over that. But sometimes people post comments that are so frustrating and so like, how do you not understand that you, you have to feel like you have to address it and you have to address it to try to let people understand a couple of things. So let's go through a couple of things. Number one, this is, this is just a, a clear thing. Anyone listening to me should be able to understand. I give my email address in almost every single episode. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. If you got something against me, if you've got something negative to say, hey, just email me. Just email me. All right? I think I think that's that's that I don't think that's asking too much. Number 2, you do realize this on the Sermons 2.0 app? There's like 4 million sermons. You don't have to listen to me. <laughs> You're free to move on. You're free to just move on. Right. And I understand that my perspective typically is in the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. I understand that. But I think there, I think that that's a good thing that there's at least someone offering maybe a different perspective or challenging the, the, the normal way people are thinking. I think that that's acceptable. I think that that's acceptable. But by all means, you don't have to listen. Don't, don't torture yourself. 
Don't be so bothered <laughs> that, that you feel like you have to keep adding comments. You can just move on. It, it's okay. I mean, I, I would prefer that you listen, but it's okay. Don't, don't suffer. <laughs> don't, don't, don't put yourself through the mental <laughs> anguish that you're currently suffering. <laughs> just move on. All right. So, so most of the time I just ignore the comments. Sometimes I just ignore them and I don't worry about it. And you never hear anything about it. Sometimes I can get a little bothered. Sometimes I just get frustrated because the comment itself just demonstrates an absolute lack of understanding of what they're listening to. Let me give you one example. Now, this one is a much nicer example, right? The ones that are over the top that are just like some of you would be shocked at the things that get sent to me. But I'm not, I'm not, I, that, that just, I mean, I could, I could, I could do broadcasts probably every week about the whole, things that are said on some platform about me. And, um, you know, most of the time I just ignore it. Cause what's the point? Like, what's the point? But every once in a while, sometimes it's not the, oh, the over the top ones. I'm just kind of like, whatever. Right. I mean, it's so ridiculous. and so over the top. Sometimes it's, it's ones that are not so over the top that can be a little bit more frustrating. And this one was a little frustrating. Let me find it here. I got the email. When did I get the email? I got the email today. I don't know the time. I got the email today. All right. So, so I get, I, this is a courtesy email notification from Sermon Audio to let you know that someone has recently posted a user comment on one of your sermons. To go directly to all user comments for your homepage, please click on the following link. Please note that the comment may not be visible yet as we must first check all comments before making them public. However, even after we approve a comment, if you feel that the comment is inappropriate, you can still delete any user comment on any of your sermons by clicking on the edit my comment link beside the comment entry. Now, listen, here's my my perspective is most of the time I'm going to leave everything most of the time. Sermon Audio does a pretty good job of just like, nope, we don't want that. But most of the time, I will leave it, no matter how derogatory or negative it may be, because that's okay. I, do, I try to do the same thing on YouTube. Now, sometimes on YouTube, I will, like, I, I reach a breaking point where someone wants to use my YouTube comment section simply to promote their idea, like they just won't stop. They just keep going and going and going and going. And they're not even really engaging you in comment. They're like trying to, they're trying to make their own point. Like, it's like, wait, if you want to create content, create your own YouTube channel. Don't use my YouTube comments to promote your ideology. Go make your own, you, you know, just move. You can offer, you can offer a comment if you want to have a conversation, but you're just using it to share your own. So sometimes I'll kind of like, all right, enough's enough. You got to go. You got to go. That, that's it. I'm done. Right. Because you're not listening. You just you're just trying to use my platform. And I, that's I don't I'm not I'm not so down with that. But so this one here it is. This was on the message. Will Christian nationalism become the new witch hunt? Will Christian nationalism become the new witch hunt? Now, this is what I have learned. I've caught this on, especially probably from 2016 moving forward. If I want to ensure a comment speak against Christian nationalism. If I want to ensure feedback, speak against Christian nationalism. If I want to ensure typically more streams and downloads, speak against Christian nationalism. I could just dedicate an entire podcast to the errors of Christian nationalism, and I probably would be, I probably could monetize it and probably make money because people get so defensive. And, 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 and one of the go-to arguments is, I'm not a Christian nationalist. 
Well, then why are you so upset about me speaking against it? Okay, it's really, it's really bizarre. But I have found that it's really, it, it's the, it's still a hot topic. And I obviously don't have any desire to spend my life talking about it because I try to do other things. But for some weird reason, if you speak against it once, then you become, you know, I don't know. So, so it, it was on that. And then the first thing, so first, next, so the next, I'll say this first thing, right? The, the thing I was going to jump to is actually the second. So they, they give their first name, not their last name, and then comment email. They leave their email blank. <laughs> so they're going to show up, leave a comment, but they're not going to leave any way for me to be able to respond to them. None. Now that drives me crazy. If you've got an issue, I give you my email, but see, I don't want an email because then I would have their email. And then when I post a comment, they leave off their email because they don't want anyone to contact them. And that just seems so disingenuous. If, if you have an issue, let's have a conversation. Look, we still may disagree. We still may disagree. But if you're going to put forth your, let me put forth mine. And other than the only other option is I have to turn on the microphone. And so there, so that already kind of frustrated me. Like, oh, here we go. Because I was immediately going to respond. Because I was going to respond and correct the very next thing. The comment title. Oh, man. This is beyond frustrating. The comment title. Not a sermon. Oh, man. Okay. This is beyond frustrating. So they're going to immediately attack it because it's not a sermon. Well, number one, if you go to the Sermons 2.0 app and you click on this message, will Christian nationalism become the new witch hunt? And you look down, it literally says category, podcast. It's not labeled as a sermon. It's not listed as a sermon. Number two, How many sermons begin like this? Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Now, if anyone listens to my broadcast, they know typically there's that intro. Now, on that particular message, I will will give them a little bit of leeway here. Because that particular message does not have that intro. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to find it really quick. Actually, it may, I may have to play it on my iPad. I may play it on my iPad. That particular message doesn't have that intro. But if anyone listens to me at all, right? Anyone listens to me at all knows it's called Theology Central, right? Like if you go to the broadcaster on Sermon Audio, it's called Theology Central. That's a pretty good idea. It's not a church, number one. Number two, it's a pretty good idea that there's some kind of broadcast. Three, everything is listed as a podcast. But even then, listen to how it begins. I'm going to have to hold up my iPad here. I apologize, but it begins this way. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 28th, 2021. It is currently 4.05 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Victory Baptist Church, located right here in Ovalo, Texas. And I'm, I'm going to do my best in this episode to kind of present some initial... Th- 
Now, I do tell you I'm coming to you live from Victory Baptist Church, but you please know what I called it? This episode. (laughs) Everything tells you it's not a sermon. Everything. It's the broadcaster is Theology Central, not a church. It is labeled as a podcast. And literally, I refer to it as an episode in the initial introduction, yet your your first criticism is that it's not a sermon? <laughs> okay. You, you, all right. So already there. I'm already frustrated. I'm already there frustrated. Then, not a sermon, also not Christian nationalism. Okay. So they're going to argue that the thing that I'm criticizing is not Christian nationalism. Okay. So we're going to have a, we're going to have an argument over definitions. All right. So then I'm ready for this comment. I'm ready for this comment, right? Because now they're going to school me on what Christian nationalism actually is versus what I said it is. Then what we could do is then pull up all the different resources and all the different definitions of Christian nationalism. And then I could be like, okay, well, I've got 30 13 sources that seem to agree with my understanding. You've got 13 sources that agree with your understanding. So maybe there is no clear definition of it. Okay. Or maybe there is. We could have that discussion. But the comment then goes, the left has been attacking Christianity for a century. Oh, now here we go. We got the left. Now, I don't think they, do they mean theological left or do they mean political left? Now, if they're immediately using left in a political terminology, which actually would then confirm what I'm always saying, the political hijacking of the American church, because we speak in political terms instead of theological terms. But okay. So the left has been attacking Christianity for a century. All right. Now, if anyone's ever listened to anything I've ever said about Christian nationalism, what do I constantly say? I don't worry about the left. Because the left, quote-unquote, politically or theologically, is the theological left or the theological liberal. They've already abandoned historical Christianity because most of them have abandoned the inspiration of Scripture, the deity of Christ, substitutionary atonement, total depravity. So I don't focus on that form of Christianity because it's already abandoned Christianity. I always focus on the right form of Christianity or politically leaning right because they're typically conservative churches with very good confessions of faith, but they've become so politically hijacked that they begin to corrupt their statement of faith with a contradictory belief system known as Christian nationalism, which gets back to our cognitive dissonance. So he says, so then they go on to say, while all, why all the concern over an unhinged leftist article attacking Christianity like it is something new or unusual? What, my concern? I did one broadcast and I had some great concern? And then you immediately, and don't you love how Christians do that? If we disagree with an article, if we don't like something in it, it's an unhinged leftist article. But if we agree with it, oh, then it's, so, but none of that, none of that deals with the actual definition of Christian nationalism. That, that, that doesn't deal with anything. But what's frustrating there is literally your first, uh, uh, your first argument is that it's not a sermon. I know, shocking shocking a podcast episode is not a sermon who who could have ever figured that out and then you're going to argue it's not christian nationalism but then you don't tell me what christian nationalism is and then you just attack because i'm supposedly i'm i'm supposedly utilizing an article that is an unhinged leftist article an unhinged leftist article 
Now, I would have to go back. I mean, that was like 2021. I would have to go back and even try to determine what article it was. But just immediately you realize, well, I mean, what do I do with that? I can't respond to the person because they don't leave their email. They misrepresent what I, they, they I, I, like their issue is it's not a sermon. Well, congr- I know that. Thank you. I, I, I'm pretty much sure I know that when I'm recording what I'm recording. And then you say it's not Christian nationalism, but then you don't offer an actual definition of what Christian nationalism is. So what am I supposed to do? Now, one part of me, I want just to ignore it. So, so, but I'm going to use it as a positive to anyone who wants to leave a comment. First, if you want to leave a comment because you actually want to engage in a discussion, email me. If you just want to leave a comment just to say something negative, I'm, by, I don't know if you realize this, you're only helping me out. Well, I don't know about on, on, on Sermon Audio. On YouTube, you're helping me out. The more comments you put under something, the more the algorithm picks it up. On Sermon Audio, that may not be the case. Now, if it gets posted, if the comment actually gets posted, it will help me out because it shows up in certain places under newest comments, which then people can see a comment about a sermon, a sermon or quote unquote podcast episode, and then they can go listen to it. So for sermons, it's a good thing. For podcast episodes, it's a good thing. Now, I know it can be confusing because the site is called Sermon Audio. I understand that. But you also have to understand that they themselves literally have a category called podcast. They literally have that. They have a, they have a thing called, uh, they have a number of categories. It can be radio broadcast, podcast, sermon. It can, there's like, I don't even know, 20, 30 different categories you can choose from. So it's right there. I mean, you have to realize that there are audio books. There's all kinds of categories on there of the different kinds of broadcast available. So it's just, but here's the thing. If you want to leave a comment, in many cases, you're helping me. You're not hurting me. So even if you're negative, negative comments generate more, more, actually negative comments help more than positive because the, the negative creates controversy. Controversy creates downloads and streams. So if you're going to be negative, by all means, go for it. You're only helping me out. I mean that. I mean that seriously. Just tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me I should die. I mean, be, be, the more over the top the more likely people are going to have to go listen going, what is this controversy? You think about anything in, 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 in popular culture. If there's controversy, it sells. It, it's, it's going to go great. So by all means, do that. So in that sense, there's kind of a disconnect between what you're trying to accomplish with what you're actually going to accomplish. There's some cognitive dissonance, right? There's, there, that, that, it's going to be contradictory. You want, you want to make it mean, say something negative, and it's only going to benefit me. Number two. If you want to place a comment because you really disagree and want to have a discussion, again, you can email me or you could just, I don't know, place your email address so that I could respond to you. All right. Next, for anyone listening on the Sermons 2.0 platform, Sermon Audio platform, Theology Central is a podcast. It is a podcast. It is currently supported primarily by Victory Baptist Church. It's also supported by some some those who listen, but it's connected to Victory Baptist Church. There may come a time it's completely disconnected from any church, but it's a podcast. It is a podcast. It is a podcast. That's the way we operate this. This is a podcast. In many cases, I've separated it from the church in many aspects. The church supports it, but it's still separated in a lot of ways. And that may only move 
in in the future more to that. It's a podcast. So don't go out. And I've had that happen way too many times. Not a sermon, not a sermon, not a sermon. I know that. And then next, if you're going to attack me or, or say something that, hey, that's not Christian nationalism, then, by, then, then, then deal with the actual thing that you want to talk about. So, but that disconnect, that's just like not like, if, if you're going to attack something, at least know what you're attacking, at least understand it to some level. So it just gets frustrating. If you don't like it, fine. That's great. You don't have to. If you want to leave a comment, but oh, more power to you. You may actually be, it may be backfiring on you and not helping you. But if you're going to say something, then let's engage in an actual meaningful conversation. Because what I've seen over and over and over from Christian nationalists that want to yell that it's not Christian nationalism and then talk to them for 15 seconds and you're like, that's Christian nationalism by any definition. You can say it's not Christian nationalism. It's Christian nationalism. So why not just embrace that that's what you are and then just go for it? Now, I don't know in this case if that's what they are, but I'm saying in the other situations I've found myself. It's like, we're not Christian nationalists. And then they start talking. I'm like, well, that sounds like Christian nationalism. We don't want a theocracy. That sounds like you want a theocracy. We don't want to tell people what to do. Sounds like you want to tell people what to do. Okay. And and you're like, so just embrace that that's what you are. And then I can say, I don't believe Christian nationalism is biblical Christianity. Therefore, we're not in the, we're not in the same universe. You're over here and what you call Christianity. I'm over here in what I call Christianity, and our two Christianities are not the same. Maybe yours is right and mine is wrong. Maybe mine is right and yours is wrong. But we're not on the same team. We're not on the same page. We're not in the same universe. So there's not really much we can do. Now, if you want to engage in an actual conversation, fine. But, you know, hey, put your email. I think that's fair. Or or if you don't want to put your email there, email me. And if you don't want me to have your direct email, create another email account, then email me from that one and just use that one to have the conversation. And when it's over, delete the email account. All right. So there we go. All right. That's all frustrating. That's all. That's 26 minutes. All frustrating. Now, from that weird, (laughs) I don't know what you call it, disconnect. Let's go to another one. All right. Let's go to another one. This one is a good example of cognitive dissonance. This is one, a great example of inconsistent beliefs. And this comes from the sermon uh, that we listened to yesterday for my Sermons 2.0 Sermon Challenge. And he's in a section where he's, he's talking about, you know, supposedly talking about pleading the blood. We never really quite figured out exactly how that works, but he's getting ready to start talking about technology. And when it, when I was done with this sermon, I had to laugh to myself. All right, so he's getting ready to go after, you know, social media, uh, online pornography, using your cell phone, and he obviously is not a fan of any of that. He seems to be opposed to all of that because it wants it it offers you instant gratification, and that's not how life works. And you just you just swipe from this to this to this to this, and it it rewires your brain. And we need to get away from all of that. All right, let, let's listen to this. And as you listen to this, just think how there could be some cognitive dissonance 
in this, all right? Just think about how there could be some cognitive dissonance. There could be some inconsistent beliefs here because the more you think about it, the more you're like, oh, that's, that is kind of, do we call it ironic? I don't know. Let, let's listen. That's, that's, I wish you'd understand some of this. I don't mean to be too technical with you, but what that does, that instant gratification stuff without the computer mess, that creates a dopamine in your brain. That's just a fancy name for endorphins that get released that make you feel good in your brain, and it actually remaps your brain. You don't take my word for it. Go do your own study on it. You know, get your nose off the box for a little while and use the brain God gave you a little bit. Now, get your nose off the box, but go do your own research. Now, the box there he's referring to, maybe he's referring to television. I don't know. Maybe he's referring to the phone. He's been referring to a lot of technical issues. Maybe he's referring to the computer. Well, uh, because he says all that computer stuff. You do realize if you want them to go do their research, they're going to use their phone and their computer unless what do you, what do you, what, where, how do you want them to do their research? Do you want them to get in a car and drive to a public library and see if they can find a book about how certain forms of technology can rewire your brain? Is that, what are the chances? Of, do you want them to go to a bookstore and see if they can purchase a book? Like, what do you want them to do? They're going to use the very device that you're, the whole computer thing that you're condemning. But, but the cognitive dissonance gets a little worse to me. All right, let's continue. The devil knows exactly what he's doing by rewiring. Re, that's why you give these kids this stuff so soon. They think, well, I, I, this way, I don't like that. I change it. I don't like that. I change it. I don't like that. I change it. I change it. I change it. I change it. In a matter of milliseconds, man, they get that like that. You know what happened? They rewire their brain. Then you wonder why they're wigged out by the time they're six and seven years old and have to have dope to keep them quiet and all that kind of because they think this is how the world is. <laughs> well, I got news for you. The world don't work like that. Or at least mine don't. I don't get anything like that. I can even get ready to go to Walmart, God help me. I can even get ready to go to, to, to Walmart or one of the other places. I still have to get in the car and I have to go there and then I have to go in. And if it's Walmart, I'm going to be there for half a day before I can get back out. And I go in and I buy what it is or pick up what I want. I had not bought it yet. And then I come out of the door and, and I'm standing there waiting to check out. And then I check out and then I go to the car. It takes time. You don't just... Even if you order it online, you don't get it like that. You got to wait for it to be delivered. Now they're figuring out. Well, people want it right away. They want it right away. So you dispatch a drone, you know, that kind of thing, because they've learned that people want instant gratification. That's why you pull up to the thing and it says a number one. You can't give them your order anymore. They want to go ahead and condense it down, punch in number one, let the computer do the work. Have you ever? No, I'm laughing because it sounds like, on one hand, he sounds like he was complaining about doing it the old-fashioned way, that it takes all of that time, but then he compla- then he's against anything that would make it convenient. Hey, I mean, how dare they put at the drive-thru, <laughs> Here, here's the number one, here's the number two. No, 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 I don't want to say number one. I'm going to say, I don't want the number one. I want to say, I want the Big Mac <laughs> with no cheese, large fry, 
Coke. And an, I'm, I, I want to read it out. I don't want to just say a number one because, I mean, why would we want to do Let's read it out because we don't want instant gratification. We don't want instant gratification because that's a bad thing. We don't, we, we don't want people just to be able to pick up a, a, a device and just listen to something. And if they don't like it, they just move on to something else. And if they don't like that, they, we don't want that. We don't want people. Are you catching the cognitive dissonance here? Are, are you catching it yet? Is it not becoming glaring? Just wait. Ever gone up to somebody at the restaurants anymore or gone anywhere else and you hand them? I handed a lady. She, she was shocked the other day. I went out to Home Depot and I had to pick up some screen stuff and all that kind of deal. And, and I come through the cash register there and she told me how much it was and I handed her cash. And she looked at me like, what is that? Really, I mean, she really, she looked at me, I handed it to her, and she's, she's kind of like thinking I'm holding a cobra or something, and she's, she kind of looks at it like that, and then she looks at the bill, and then she puts it in there, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and so then she punches on the thing and puts it in, and then puts in the amount, and then the, the register told her what my change was. So then she's pulling that, and then pulling that, and then, and I'm thinking... That's where you're at right now. You say you're making fun of her. No, she never was taught to think. She was taught to punch a number. Now, that's pretty interesting that he knows that that girl was... He had a brief interaction with her, but he knows she was never taught to think. I would just say be careful by judging a book by its cover. Because a lot of times you may think someone doesn't know how to think. You start talking to them and may realize they know how to think very well. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. I just, it's amazed that he's able to draw all of these conclusions about her from an interaction, a brief interaction at a cash register in a Home Depot. I, I wish I had such profound insight into how, how people are by an interaction at a cash register. I'm going to, I'm going to just start doing, I'm just going to go to cash registers and then leave and then tell everyone, Hey, Hey, I was at this cash register and this person was never taught to think. Why? Because they gave me the correct change. Oh, because they, they, re, they have a device there that told them the correct change. So what she should have done is like, hey, everyone, I need to prove to you I know how to think. So I am not going to use the computer here at the cash register. I'm going to use my brain so that you will all be impressed and you will all go tell everyone at your church how smart I really was. She can't do it in her head because it's instant number. Bring your pad, punch in the number. You don't need to know it. You don't need to know how to do it. God help you if you ever have an EMP or something around here and blows out all your electric circuits. You've got to go back to thinking. It'd be a terrible thing for some of us. They don't know how to work it in their brain anymore. Well, that brain's a dangerous thing. That instant gratification stuff, that rewiring. You say, well, preacher, you're just against all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I am. You say, what? He's against all of that kind of stuff. He's against all technology. Now, okay, are you ready for this? Do you know how I found that sermon and listened to that sermon? Well, that sermon is on an app. That app is used on the, is, as a part of the very technological system that he's saying he's against. If you're against all of that system, why would you place your sermon on the Sermons 2.0 app, which gives people instant gratification to just go from sermon to 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 sermon, 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 sermon. millions of sermons. 
You don't like this one? Go to the next one. You don't like this one? Go to the next one. That very app that your sermon is on is a part of the very system that you're now condemning. So wait a minute. You're against the technology, but you're going to use the technology? Hey, this technology is bad. I'm against it all. Well, then don't place your sermons on it. (laughs) I literally used a device... Hear that? That's the screen to find it, download it, listen to it. It's in my library. I can go back. And I guess what? And I can go to other ones and I can just go tap, 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 scroll, 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 tap, tap, search, search, go, go to this, go to this, go to that. Oh, wait, there's a webcast. Oh, wait, I don't want a webcast. Let's go to this. I can go to, I can go to podcasts. I can go to audio books. I can go to sermons. I can go to well, Sunday sermons, Wednesday sermons. I can go to Sunday night. I can, I can, I can pick and choose everything. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is that rewiring my brain? Is that instant gratification? It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's even dangerous for adults, but it's more dangerous for kids. You're teaching them something that's not realistic. It's in another world altogether. And you know I'm telling the truth. You're about to throw up this morning. You're just addicted to that. You know why? It's dopamine. That's how you get gratification. They learned that about TV a long time ago, but they couldn't get the interaction. Now they have TVs where you can interact with the show while it's going on. They're learning. If we can keep the dopamine level up, we'll keep them addicted to the show. They know how to get you addicted. Thank you, Brother Jerry. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Everybody's kind of like, why are you on that? I don't know. Good thing to be on. We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't. There you have it. I, I, I just see, to me, it's fascinating someone condemning the very technology that they are using. Does he not realize he has a microphone that is recording his voice digitally, that's going to be uploaded digitally to, the, to make it available on the very devices that he's condemning and saying he's against all of it. You're not against all of it. You're literally supporting it and using it, and you're putting your sermons on an app, and clearly you want people to obviously use their devices to listen to your sermon. But guess what they'll do? They may listen to three minutes of it. They may switch to another thing. They may listen to three minutes of it. They may come back. They may go to this. They may go to that. The very same concepts is at work. Instant gratification. Switch from one thing to the next. They can leave comments that make absolutely no sense. All the same basic features are there. Interaction, all of it's there. Now, the question is, how can you be literally using the very technology (laughs) that you're condemning? It literally, like, that's cognitive dissonance. Now, the thing is, I don't care about them. I don't care about to talk about their situation. That's fine. They can do whatever they want. I'm using it for me to look at myself. I'm using it for us today's focus, for us to look at ourselves. Where is cognitive dissonance in your life? Where is cognitive dissonance in my life? Where is this inconsistent belief in my life? So I did a little research, and I have to admit this, I did a little research using technology. Okay, (laughs) so I I used the very device that he's against. And I came across this. Inconsistent beliefs also known as cognitive dissonance, 
refer to the state holding conflicting or contradictory beliefs or attitudes. It is a psychological discomfort that arises when we hold two or more beliefs that are inconsistent with each other. Now, I don't know if that's a perfect example of it, but it just made me like, so he's against the very technology that I used to listen to that very sermon condemn the very technology that I'm using. It would be like, the internet is evil. No one should have the internet. But we're going to upload our sermon to the internet. Like, I don't know. You see this in the uh, on Yahoo, uh, any of the articles that are posted on yahoo.com, there, there's always comments. And time and time again, the comments will be like, social media is a plague on society. Social media is... And, I, and ever, so many times I'll jump into, into the comments and go, do you realize the comment section is basically a form of social media? You're, you're, you're condemning the very thing. You're, you're, you're involved in the very thing you're condemning. Cognitive dissonance. Here are some ways that we can detect cognitive dissonance or inconsistent beliefs in ourselves. This is what I want you to, to put into practice today. And I need to put into practice today because I know I've got inconsistent beliefs. I know you've got inconsistent beliefs. First, self-reflection. Take time to reflect on your beliefs and examine them critically. Ask yourself if there are any contradictions or conflicts between your beliefs on different topics or situations. Let me give you an example. This is, this is a good one. I, I've encountered this one a million times. Usually it's Christian parents. You're not going to listen to secular music. It's ungodly. It's worldly. It's of the devil. You can't listen to it. It's going to cause you to do this. No secular music in my house because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord God. So you're not going to listen to any of that. Okay. Okay, mom. All right. Okay, dad. I'm going to go to my room. About 45 minutes to come out. So what are y'all doing? Oh, we're watching a television show. Is it Christian? Well, no. Is it preaching? Well, no. Is it Bible study? No. What is it? Wait, isn't that a secular TV show? Isn't that a secular movie? You're not going to listen to any music that has obscenity. You just watched a movie that had 10 obscenities. I've seen that play out in churches over. The parents are absolutely cognitive, practicing cognitive dissonance they, they, because they don't see the contradiction. I've watched it play out so many times. And, and, and you'll have Christian young people going, what is wrong with these people? How do they not realize it? They, they, so what they get to do, if they don't like your music, it's garbage and it's worldly. Well, they then engage in something that is very similar. I mean, I, 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 I told you before, Went to a church where you could not listen to secular music. If you're going to be in any form of ministry in the church, you couldn't. Even if you weren't in form of ministry, they were going to yell and scream about music constantly. Music was like their pet peeve. You could not listen to anything other than basically hymns. And I guess Southern gospel was okay. Uh, maybe some forms of classical music, which made no sense because the classical music in many cases were by composers that if you read about their lives, not so godly. But okay, okay. It was always confusing. But then I, I, I was at the pastor's house and I noticed on a Friday or Saturday night, they would go to Blockbuster and rent like, I don't know, 15 movies. One time it was Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. I'm like, so I can't listen to secular, I can't go home and listen to secular music, but I could watch Beverly Hills Cop, which has secular music in it. I, I, I don't understand. And then one of the movies they <laughs> was watched was JFK. I think Oliver Stone. Now, 
we were perplexed, me and someone else. And, and I was like, what? So we can't, we, not only could you not listen to secular music, you could not listen to any contemporary Christian music because that was worldly. But you could watch Oliver Stone's JFK. So we rented the movie and we took a piece of paper and we counted how many times the F word was used. And I think we had reached 158. I don't remember the exact number. It was many years ago. And we got into this huge conflict with the pastor and he just would not acknowledge the contradiction. It's not the same thing. So I can watch a movie with the F word 158 times, but I can't listen to any secular music that would possibly use the F word once. It's different. Uh, yeah, I'm throwing my pencil. Cognitive dissonance. You can watch The Lord of the Rings. That's godly. That's almost inspired scripture. How dare you watch Harry Potter? That's sinful and ungodly. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's good. Harry Potter, sinful. This real cognitive dissonance. You have to be willing. No one else can do it for you. You've got to reflect constantly, self-reflection, a time where you take your beliefs and go, where am I inconsistent in this? Where, where, is, my, where is the disconnect in my brain here? How am I not seeing it? You've got to be willing to do self-reflection. And it's not always easy to find. Sometimes I struggle when I stumble upon it and I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I'm being contradictory there. That's, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any... What am I doing? Look, there's, there's going to always be some level of contradiction in our life. We just have to realize that, right? God's, uh, God's standard is holiness. We're not holy. We never will be. God's standard is perfection. We never will be. So there's always a disconnect. The thing is making sure that in our belief and our thinking, we can see the disconnect and acknowledge it. But in this case, this is about holding two contradictory beliefs at the same time. So self-reflection is the first thing we need to do. Second, pay attention to emotional reactions. Inconsistent beliefs can often create internal conflict and cause emotional discomfort. Notice if you feel uneasy, conflicted, or uncertain when you encounter situations that challenge your beliefs. So pay attention to how you're reacting. Pay attention to how you are feeling. Because if, if, you, if you don't, you're never going to get anywhere. You've got to pay attention to it. Next, ident identify contradictions. Look for logical inconsistencies or contradictions between your beliefs. For example, if you believe the importance of honesty, but sometimes find yourself lying in certain situations, it indicates an inconsistent belief. Now, my thing is, we can believe in honesty, but sometimes lie. The issue is if we are justifying the lying instead of just going, man, that lying is wrong. The, the, to me, Christianity is always going to pr present this problem. We believe that we're supposed to never lie, right? But yet we, we, our hearts are deceitful. We are liars from, we come from the womb telling lies, right? So we have to acknowledge that. The key is to acknowledge it. Identify the contradiction. Admit the contradiction. Admit that you hate technology, but at the same time you use it. <laughs> you may despise it, but you use it. And then you've got to process that. But you can't be telling everyone it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and I'm against all of it. While you're like, hey, when you leave today, remember, if you want to hear this sermon again, please uh, grab your phone and download it from the Sermons 2.0 app. But we're against technology. <laughs> it's the most... 
It's crazy to me. Next, seek feedback. Engage in discussions and conversations with others who may have different perspectives. They can help you identify inconsistencies in your beliefs by pointing out contradictions or challenging your assumptions. We definitely need to seek feedback and we need to hear different perspectives. We need to be challenged. That's one of the reasons we're doing the Sermons 2.0 app challenge, right? Because you're hearing different perspectives. You're hearing different ideas. And then examine behavior. Your actions can sometimes reveal inconsistent beliefs. Pay attention to whether your behaviors align with your stated beliefs. If you find yourself acting in ways that contradict your professed beliefs, it may indicate inconsistency. And again, in Christianity, there's always going to be a level of inconsistency. So some of the ways to detect inconsistent beliefs or cognitive dissonance is to self-reflection, pay attention to emotional reactions, identify contradictions, seek feedback, and examine your behavior. Cognitive dissonance. Something for us to consider. Something for us, for, for you and for me to focus on today. Because I think we, we're all guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it. I can't speak for you, but I know I'm guilty of it. And I just felt that that little part in that sermon where there's like a, a rant against technology, even he, even he kind of acknowledges a little bit right there. So how did we get on this? Well, I mean, it's a good thing to get on. I mean, we're talking about the blood of Christ, but I'm going to go on a full-blown rant on, but that's okay. I do the same thing. We, we can get, we can get sidetracked. I mean, look, I did the same thing a little bit in the beginning of this. I had to talk about the, the whole comment section. Now I do believe the comment section sometimes show cognitive dissonance as well, right? Hey, we're, I, you don't even realize, like, what, what are you talking about? You're, you're accusing it of this when it's not that. You're saying this, but you don't do this. There's this disconnect. There's the contradictory ideas here. So I hope that today you'll focus a little bit on it. I am confronted constantly with my own struggles of consistency. Now, first... As Christians, we struggle with the ultimate. Consi- I mean, we look on one hand, this is the weird part of Christianity. We live in a perpetual state of inconsistency. God says, be holy. I'm not. All right. Now, the thing is, don't pretend that you're holy then. Admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge that the only way I'm saved is not by what I do, but by the imputed righteousness of Christ. And that is my hope and trust. So at first, admit it. That's the first thing. It's just admitting it. Second, is I do want to try to focus on my beliefs and the way I think and ensure there's not inconsistency in it. And is there, do I discover it all the time? Do I discover it all the time? I see the struggle. All I can do is work to find all of them and try to be consistent. Try. And whenever I state a belief, always think about, okay, let me take that to its logical conclusion. If I'm going, if I take, oh, if I get to the logical conclusion, I'm going to walk right into a cognitive dissonance a situation. I'm going to walk right into an inconsistent situation. There you have it. There's your today's focus for Saturday, January the 6th, 2024. If you disagree, by all means, that's fine. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. If you don't like this, that's fine. 
It is a podcast episode. <laughs> this is a podcast episode. I'm going to have to put a disclaimer at the begin at the end of all all broadcasts. What you just heard was a podcast. It wasn't. How could you confuse what I do with a sermon? Like I don't like. I don't understand. I don't understand. All right. The cognitive dissonance. I'm perplexed and confused. All right. Thanks for listening. Now, you can walk into the kitchen. You can walk into the other part of the house and go, honey, is there any cognitive dissonance in me? And see what they have to say, okay? Go go ask your, your kids, hey, is there any cognitive dissonance in me? They may not understand cognitive dissonance. Say, do you believe mom or dad says things this way and that we're inconsistent in what we do? And they're like, they may say, oh, mother, oh, father. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to list all the ways in which you demonstrate inconsistent beliefs. Please have a seat. I have a PowerPoint presentation, and this may take the rest of the afternoon. But I am so glad that you have matured, mother and father, to the point that you now realize the cognitive dissonance that is swirling around this house. And here we go. Contradiction or contradictory belief number one. Boom, put it up on the slide. Do you see, mom and dad? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? Here's number two. Do you see? Do you see? Do you... Here's number three. Okay, all right. All right, maybe you don't want to do that. So maybe don't ask your kids. All right, thanks for listening. Now, I've got to call one of my kids because she keeps calling me and it keeps popping up on my screen. So I have to go find. I guarantee you she's going to want to talk about the news. I guarantee you. I could probably tell you which news article she wants to talk about. All right. But I'm going to go and make sure I don't demonstrate any cognitive dissonance to her. Because if she says that there is any, I'm going to tell her how wrong she is. Because I just did a broadcast about cognitive dissonance. Obviously, there isn't any in me. I'm the one talking about. Okay, right. That would be foolish to say, wouldn't it? All right. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Theology Central Podcast and our series that we refer to as Today's Focus, where I attempt to give you one thing to focus on throughout the day. And today it is cognitive dissonance. Thank you for listening.